I'm Lillian Vasquez with Lifestyles on KVCR. Thanks for listening. UCR's 46th Annual Writers Week is February 13th through the 16th. So, on today's show, I'm in conversation with author, UCR Distinguished Professor, and Chair of UC Riverside's Department of Creative Writing, Tom Lutz. Tom shares some details about the four-day event and talks about some of the celebrated authors involved in this year's Writers' Week. He shares a bit of his background as a writer, having written many books over his career, including an upcoming novel about the year 1925 and the impact that year had on the world of literature. Here's my conversation with author, UCR Distinguished Professor, and Chair of UC Riverside's Department of Creative Writing, Tom Lutz. Welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Lillian. Glad to be here. You've written so many books and a variety of books. How are your subject matters either decided, determined, or come to mind for you? Well, I, I think each one's a little bit different. The kind of genesis story for each of them is a little different. But my first book was my dissertation when I was doing my PhD, a version of my dissertation. So that one kind of chose itself years before it came out. And then um, one of the beautiful things about this career is that we do get to do whatever we want. As writers, we get to write whatever we want. And I've taken kind of maybe too much advantage of that. But, you know, you do get to write what you want, but you also have to make a living at it. So you have to write what people either want to read or are are going to be encouraged to read, because just because you want to be a writer and write doesn't mean you can make a living at it. You still have to pay bills, I'm guessing. Yes. Well, um, I began my life as a as an English professor. So I was uh, on the tenure track, and I was a tenured English professor. And we, we English professors, we tend to write things that people don't really want to read. <laughs> um, we tend to we tend to write things for other other professors and for graduate students and as part of a kind of collective scholarly enterprise um and there aren't a lot of readers for a lot of what we do in those kinds of disciplines when i switched over to creative writing yeah it makes a difference if nobody reads it and i switched over very much trying to hit the general reader rather than the academic reader and that had something to do with why i chose what i chose For instance, my crying book, I had just met my wife um, of now of 27 years, and we were talking about this, that, and the other thing. I was telling her the story of my tragic youth, and um, I let a little tear drop, and it had no impact on her. And I realized at that moment that somehow talking about and being a kind of sensitive guy that wept a little bit had been having an impact <laughs> on the people around me, but was having none on her. And uh, uh-huh. and I said, "What you know?" So I said, I, "You have no reaction to this." And she said, "Well, uh, I've been cried to before. Um, I'll, the jury's out on you. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what this means <laughs> longer term." And uh, the more we talked about it, I talked about you know crying in my family, uh, crying and crying in my life. And she said, "That's that's the next book you should write." Hmm. So it was really her idea. So crying is one of them. Mm-hmm. Doing nothing, a history of loafers, loungers, and slackers and bums, and kind of learning about the word slacker. Mm-hmm. Drinking mare's milk. Your work is just uh, very eclectic. Yeah. The, um, the slacker book was, uh, was also a kind of family origin. That it, my, my son uh, was 18, and he was kind of laying around on the couch. He was taking a year off before college. 
And I, I found it made me unaccountably angry to see him sit laying there doing nothing. And I had thought about writing a book about anger um, earlier because I'm, I think it's a very interesting topic. Maybe I'll still write that one someday. But what happened was in thinking about him and what was making me angry about him sitting around and and what my anger meant and I decided that I was going to write about that, and it turned into a book about about slackers and loafers and loungers and bums and kind of a backdoor <laughs> history of the work ethic, just because I often, when I'm writing a book, I decide I'm going to write about X, and and chapter one, and, which is the introduction to X, becomes the entire book, and that's what happened there. The, the anger at people who don't work became the book itself rather than the ang- anger in general. So were you a kid that loved to read. I know you like to jump on trains at an early age. Uh, When did the book bug bite you? uh, Yes, very early. And, you know, I was not particularly precocious or anything. I wasn't reading, you know, Bruce or Henry James or anything fancy. I was, (laughs) but I was reading the Black Stallion and I was reading the Hardy Boys mysteries. And I somehow got a collected Arthur Conan Doyle, the, the uh, Sherlock Holmes mysteries. And so I, you know, I learned you know, fairly early on the real pleasure of getting lost in a book. Um, and I think if you, if most people who read an awful lot have a, a, at least a sneaking desire to, to do it themselves. Do you think, and you briefly touch on this, that your childhood might have been a challenge and maybe you found um, solace in, in books? You really have done your research, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, uh, there, there is something to that. Um, it was not the easiest childhood, and um, I was uh, certainly life, life in the in the middle of a book was more pleasant than life outside the book. Got it. Okay. So now you have taught all over the place, and I don't just mean in this country and in other countries as well. What brought you to UC Riverside? My wife was a theater critic in New York, and she got a job at the L.A. Times as the chief drama critic. And so I, and I was at that point teaching in Iowa, and I kind of followed her out. It took several years, but I kind of followed her out. And an old friend of mine, uh, Juan Felipe Herrera, had joined the faculty at UCR, and there was a position open, and he said I should apply for it. So. I did, and uh, and I and I was, you know, very, very, very glad to. I love the UCR project. I love the idea of of the being the access campus for the UC system. I love, you know, I was I was working in restaurants and as a carpenter and a lot of other things long before I became a, a student, which I did somewhat accidentally. And so I love the first generation students. I love the I love the fact that we are, are a very special campus with a real commitment to change in this society. So I'm, 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 I've been thrilled to be here. Great. Let me reintroduce our guest is Tom Lutz. He is UCR's distinguished professor. He's an author, editor. He's the chair of UC Riverside's Department of Creative Writing. Okay, let's talk about the 46th UCR Writers Week, which is just around the corner. It's February 13th through the 16th. Tell me about the four-day event. Well, um, as you know, it's a it's a very long-standing tradition. Uh, Writers Week. It's been uh, yeah, forty-six years. It sounds 46 like forty-six <laughs> years. Yes, mm-hmm. and it started fairly small. It would be six or seven writers um, coming in. And mostly 
West Coast writers, although not entirely. Um, and it's been growing over the years, in part because we've had some people leave some money to the department for this purpose, and we've made use of that. And uh, and we, we now are doing 20 or more writers a year and from all over the country, some of them very distinguished, um, well-known, nationally famous writers, and some of them just starting out publishing their first books and and it's a it's a, a mix of all all genres all all kinds of writers we are now of course ever since covid we we went online for covid and we have been staying online now and we're we're going to continue to stay online we have four live public events with a total of 11 or 12 writers but then the rest of the writers are on are online and um that's a whole new fun and interesting uh, adventure for us because we've got a national audience for it, an international audience, and um, yeah. we've, we're having thousands and thousands of people now at our sessions instead of the 50 or 60 or, you know, sometimes 100 or two for really famous writers that we would have uh, in, on campus. So so it definitely, uh, COVID helped in this way, but be creating the Zoom and allowing so many people, not just in, in Riverside now or locally Inland Empire or Southern California, but now across the nation and across the world because of that opportunity. So as you just said, you can have so many more participating. What goes on? Give me a picture since this is radio. What does it look like? What goes on? in these four days with the different authors. How are the sessions going? Is it like a conference? Share a little bit, uh, enlighten me on that part. It's a little bit like a uh, three-dimensional crossword puzzle to figure out how to um, <laughs> fit all of these people into a, a single week. It, it takes uh, it takes some, some doing. And so sometimes we've had weeks where we have a writer three days before the week and a couple of writers two days after the week um, and you know, spread out and at different times of the day so that we can fit them in. But this this year, it's worked out very neatly and we are in, everything starts at one in the afternoon and we go to either four in the afternoon or in some cases later, a few of the live events go later. The normal session is three writers. We introduce them we have a, either a faculty member or a graduate student or some, someone else introduce the three writers. The three writers have all prepared a, a reading selection that they've done and filmed themselves doing. Mm. And so we can, we can close caption that so that people who uh, have hearing issues can read it along with the writer. And that has helped quite a bit because sometimes writers – overestimate how much reading they can get done in their time, a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And so the session will go over time and there isn't enough time for question and answer and everything. So this way, everybody's doing a, the, the right amount of time for their reading. It's 15, 10, 15, 20 minute reading. And then after that, we have a Q&A with them. If it's live, obviously, they, they would read live. But in the online sessions, they are recorded sessions. What live Q&A. And the audience can ask questions uh, in the online sessions. They just do it in the chat box on the uh, Crowdcast. And we do that for 15, 20, 30 minutes. Uh, The authors often end up talking to each other, finding something to say in response to the question that was asked of them uh, to follow up. And it's a it's a kind of interesting three-way conversation or four-way with the moderator and five-way with the audience member. And then we move on to the next session with the next three writers. So each of the sessions might be about 
a particular topic or a particular style of writing, and you group these together, and then you have the session. They share their readings, and then there's some Q&A to follow. So the visitor, who's ever the spectator, can ask questions regarding the work or about them personally, or is it just yes. stay focused? Okay, either or. Okay. Yes. And, uh, and we like to ask uh, at the end of each session, we like to ask them, you know, if there, are, there are a lot of people who are either already writers or who want to be writers in the audience. Um, what's, what's your advice for them? Yeah, that's always uh, and that helpful. that leads to some interesting answers as well. Yeah, I bet. If they asked me, I could write a book about the way you walk and whisper and look. You're listening to Life Sales on KVCR. We need to take a quick break, and when we return, I'll continue my conversation with author and UCR Distinguished Professor Tom Lutz. I'm Lillian Vasquez. We'll be right back. Stay with us. If you're just joining us, I'm speaking with author, UCR Distinguished Professor, and Chair of UC Riverside's Department of Creative Writing, Tom Lutz. We're talking about UCR's 46th Annual Writers Week, February 13th through the 16th, and the public is invited to attend. Writers Week is the longest-running free literary festival in California and brings together both up-and-coming and veteran writers. Are you able to share some of the either celebrity or more famous authors, or are you able to share maybe who's participating this year, like who's being honored in the best or the up-and-coming or some of that, just to give our listeners an idea of who will be participating this year? Sure. Some of the sessions are based on genre. That is, um, Gabriela Juaregui, who is a Mexican poet, and Angela Penaradondo, who is a Filipino-American writer, and Boris Tralyuk, who is a, a Ukrainian-American poet. The wow. three of them will all be reading poetry. They all write in some other genres as well, and they do some other, other kinds of literary work, but um, Boris is a, a translator from Ukrainian, for instance. Um, but they're all poets. They're, their most recent books are all poetry books, and so they they make a, a kind of natural unit, <laughs> as it were. Yeah. Uh, Reza Aslan, who is one of our most famous faculty members uh, and has a new book that's been um, starting to rack up prize nominations on a missionary in Persia in the in the early 20th century. He's reading along with Jennifer Croft, who is also a translator, translator from the Polish of the Nobel Prize winner um, Olga Tokarczuk. And Courtney Cook, who's a young nonfiction writer uh, who has a, her first book out. So the three of them, all uh, Jennifer Croft also has a, a memoir um, called Homesick. Uh, and the, the three of them are make a natural unit because they're all nonfiction writers um, at different parts of their careers, different moments in their careers. Uh, the Lifetime Achievement this Award this year is going to Percival Everett, who is, um, and that's on uh, Tuesday, February 14th at 5 o'clock. Percival is uh, an amazing fiction writer. He's written a lot of other things, too, poetry and nonfiction. But he's 27 or 28 books uh, altogether at this point and is truly amazing um, author who uh, is really fun to to talk. I've interviewed him a number of times and done events with him in the past, and he's just a really fun, interesting guy um, to talk to. Some of the novels are have a lot of philosophical 
play in them because uh, he's a playful writer and also a very serious writer. So he's he and uh, Nathaniel Mackey, who is uh, the Stephen Minot lecturer this year, has been kind of at the forefront of African American writing for thirty or forty years now. Um, Juan Felipe Herrera is coming back to town. Um, and Alison Hedgecock, again, one of our right. prize-winning authors here. Um, those are our, our kind of famous writers. And then Ayizi Jama Ebert, who lives up in uh, Oakland and does both comic books and fantasy novels. Mm. And, uh, Ashanti Anderson, a young queer African-American writer who just does amazing, uh, amazing poetry. Um, Abigail Chabotnoy, uh has been nominated for the National Book Award this year after after we invited her. Um, oh, nice! Uh, as, so it's as a... has Morgan Talty and Ramona Emerson. Uh, we have three uh, National Book Award nominees all all reading. We have a number of Indigenous writers joining us, and one of the one of the sessions in particular is Morgan Talty, uh, David Tremblay. And Ramona Emerson, the three of them are all up and coming and really interesting uh, indigenous writers. So it's a wide gamut of uh, participants this year. Let me ask, yeah. Tom, how could our listeners, who I'm sure many are avid readers and would really enjoy this, how does one participate? You don't have to be a student at UC Heart to participate, clearly. You, no, not at all. You mentioned that. So how does one get involved to participate, to register, to yeah. uh, enjoy this? Um, at writersweek.ucr.edu, so one word, writersweek.ucr.edu, and um, and you go there, there's a little button for the schedule that will tell you when things are happening and which of them are recorded and which are live. For the recorded sessions, um, people just need to you know sign up uh, for the Crowdcast is the is the uh, company that we're using, and. Uh, Last, as we we've been getting better and better at doing this uh, since the COVID uh, epidemic, and it used to be that people had to kind of register for each session as they went along. Now, if you just register once, you're registered for the entire week. Oh, nice! And uh, you can kind of pop in and pop out as as you feel as the spirit moves you. Okay, very good. My guest is Tom Lutz. He is involved with and the chair are very involved in with the 46th UCR Writers Week. And it sounds like you have a good lineup. So thank you for sharing that. But I'm not going to let you go because I want to ask you a couple of questions. Okay. You don't just write, edit, teach. You also play an instrument. In fact, you performed in a country band when you were teaching back in Iowa. So you have (laughs) many talents or interests. Tell me about when you were (laughs) playing in a band. Well, you know, uh, I was uh, I was playing. I was been playing in bands since I was in junior high school, um, uh, and the country band was a was a moment. Um, I played in a, <laughs> in, a, in a in a Latinx band in uh, in the Bay Area when I was in graduate school, um, called Doctor Loco and the original Corrito Boogie Band, <laughs> um, and I and I've played in mostly in blues bands. Um, over the, over the years, and just played in bars and you know, somewhat low level, semi pro um, playing. But it's uh, it's one of these creative activities that is kind of always its own reward. I mean, writing is to a certain extent, but you feel silly writing all the time and not publishing it. Whereas um, playing music in a, in a in a bar is uh, is pure pleasure. 
I always appreciate I, I, I music in a bar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, I still I still play a little bit. Um, uh, I, have, I have friends that I uh, that I, we, get, we get together and, and play, and uh, and I'm retiring at the end of this year, and I'm building out my uh, my music studio and, and getting back to it more more full time. Oh, very good. And what instrument do you play, or do you play a few of them? Uh, yeah, it's mostly, uh, professionally I've played mostly keyboards over the years, uh, but I, I play drums, I play bass and guitar. And a man of so that. many trades. Okay, so you're an author, you're a professor, you're an editor, you're a humanist, and a gadabout. What's a gadabout? <laughs> well, I have a, I do have a, um, a kind of incurable wanderlust, and I've now been to 140 countries, and um, so th- several of the books with the funny titles are books of uh, of travel to to many lands. Um, Drinking mare's milk, uh, the kindness of strangers, and the monkey learned nothing are all books. Each one of them has uh, 20 or 30 countries, little anecdotes about 20 or 30 countries in them. So is a get about uh, one that gets about? Yeah, and I, I don't remember. I was I had a. Uh, press agent that thought I needed to have a website, an author's website, so she was helping me build it. And she said, well, why should I put it that you're, that you're an editor and a writer, and, I, and, and what else? And I said, I said, get about. Uh, and I think it was just a bit of a joke, but it's, it's, it's stuck because of the website. Yeah, I like the word. I'm like, what's a gad about? I have to learn more about a gad about. Okay, let me reintroduce you one more time. Our guest is Tom Lutz. He is the uh, distinguished professor at UC Riverside. He's the chair of UC Riverside's Department of Creative Writing, but he's also an editor, a writer, an author. He's so many things that we're trying to cover uh, just a little bit of it. Now, I want to ask, what are some of your newest projects or what are you working on moving forward? It sounds like you might be retiring in one aspect, but I'm sure you always have projects on your plate. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's a it, kind of incurable disease being a writer. I think <laughs> most of us just keep doing it until we drop. Um, and uh, I'm, I've, I've just um, I've just signed the contract for my second novel, which will be coming out in a, a little over a year. Um, and I'm working on a very strange and uh, I think kind of wonderful book, which is called 1925, a literary encyclopedia. And it's an enormous, um, it's probably going to be 800 or so pages, 800 or 900 pages, um, oh all my. about the books and, and um, magazines and films and other culture of the, of, of the year 1925. And why and 1925? Well, it is the most amazing year in the history of American literature, uh, as it turns out. It's the year that The Great Gatsby was Mm. published, uh, American Tragedy, Dreiser's American Tragedy, Gertrude Stein's The Making of Americans, um, William Carlos Williams' In the American Grain, you know, Edith Wharton, Willa Cather, um, uh, D.H. Lawrence, Virginia Woolf. um, Wow. Every uh, anybody that was anybody has a great and and often their 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 most important work is from 1925. It's the year of Hemingway's very first book and and I argue his best book um, that his entire career was a kind of downhill slide from this great book that he published in 1925. And it's just uh, it's just uh, in the middle of a, a decade of cultural efflorescence and. Um, 
and right in the middle of it um, comes this year, 1925, halfway between the end of World War One and the great stock market crash in 1929. And um, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, the novel that became the Marilyn Monroe movie. Sure. Um, uh, it's the day. It's the year of the Scopes Monkey Trial, the evolutionary right. when evolution was on trial and science was on trial. Um, it's uh, the year that the ma- magazine Plastics um, issued its first um, <laughs> issue of the, uh, a magazine for the plastics industry. But it was a because plastic was new. Um, right. Everything everything was changing. So, and of course, it's exactly 100 years ago. I wouldn't have given that much credit to 1925 until you, you listed, you list so many. Mm. What was Hemingway's first book in 1925? It's called In Our Time. Mm, right. And it's a collection of, it's in some senses, it's a collection of stories, but it's also a modernist um, kind of experiment in, in form. So it's got long, regular short stories, and then little vignettes, little anecdotes in between each of the stories that tell a whole different story. And the stories themselves have an arc. It's it's an amazing book. Wow. Well, Tom, thank you so much for your time. I enjoyed listening to all that you have to say. And um, I'm going to be interested in that 1925. So good luck with that. Great. Great. Maybe we can have have a little chat about that when it comes out. I would love it. Thank you. Thank you, Lillian. To learn more about UCR's 46th Annual Writers' Week, visit our website at kvcrnews.org slash lifestyles and click on today's show. And the sample secret of the plot It's just to tell them that I love you a lot Then the My book ends How to make Two lovers A friend Hey, if you have an idea For a segment on lifestyles Share it with us We'd love to hear What you think Would make a good topic And it's always nice to know what you're thinking about. Go to kvcrnews.org slash lifestyles and click on the link, Have an Idea for a Show? Just so you know, we have taken listener suggestions in the past. That's our show for this week. To hear any of our past shows, visit our website at kvcrnews.org slash lifestyles. You can also listen to Lifestyles on your favorite streaming service. Search for Lifestyles with Lillian Vasquez and take the show on the go. Lifestyles is on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us at 919Lifestyles and search for Lifestyles with Lillian on Instagram. I've been better about posting. Or go to kvcrnews.org lifestyles and click on the social media icons at the top of the page. Thanks to all who helped to make this show possible, including Sharina Wad, David Fleming, Sean Houlihan, Natasha Coles, and our executive producer, Rick Dulock. Our theme music is provided by Ethan Bortnick. Join me next week at the same time for Lifestyles with me, Lillian Vasquez. Bye for now. Yeah, the simple things
Sem dar a 